Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's awesome to kick the feet up. I mean, my, my feet are literally kicked up. <laughs> Smoke a cigar, drink whiskey, talk football. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I might start recording my show like this from now on. Like, we're shooting the Spurs up to the feet. Kick, like, it's, you know what? Ah, it's it's the way to do it. These are the tales of college football past as you've never heard them before. Our guests tell stories blending team seasons, on and off field moments, memories of personal fandom catastrophe and elation, and yes, alcohol. I'm Jeremy. I'm Matt. I'm Joe. And I'm Kyle. We do the work, you tell the story. These are the college football stories. My name is Chris Phillips, and I'm going to tell you the story of the 2006 Gamecocks football program. Coming off a 7-5 season in 2005, Steve Spurrier's first year, by the way. The Gamecocks, even with a loss in the Independence Bowl to the Missouri Tigers, high hopes coming into 06, opening on the road, an SEC opener in Starkville, Mississippi, but with high hopes Georgia in Week 2, and fans thinking to themselves, maybe, just maybe, this is the year that Steve Spurrier and his program takes the next step after overachieving in year one. All of a sudden, SEC East title hopes in year two. The door was cracked. Could the Gamecocks kick it open? We'll find out here soon enough. <laughs> you let us, <laughs> let us know. That was, that was incredible. I've got this whiskey, though, straight up. So, I mean, I'm planning on starting to slam it. <laughs> I got some uh, Elijah Craig. So, oh, nice. That's good nice. stuff. So the so the 2006 season rolled around. Of course, South kind of coming off the 7-5 and five season. Brutal loss in the Independence Bowl. Tough loss to Clemson at the end of the year also, by the way. But expectations were really, really high. I remember, obviously, again, 7-5. and five, You had just came off the Lou Holtz era. You know, the fight in 2004. And, again, 05 exceeded all of our expectations in regards to I mean, you did things in 05 that had never happened before. You beat Tennessee and Knoxville first time in school history. You beat Florida for the first time in 60 years, 70 years, however many years it was, right? So you had done things that had never been accomplished before. You had your quarterback returning and Blake Mitchell. You had playmakers all over the field coming back. But there was some, you know, some some interest, some concern, not concern, but some nervous excitement, which Gamecock fans, we have nothing but nervous excitement coming into a football season at Mississippi State. And, dude, first off, 
fuck the cowbell. Cowbell sucks. Um, <laughs> I remember that game watching. I, I wasn't that. there. I watched it on TV. All you could dude, watching a Mississippi State game is like the worst experience of all time. Even watching yeah. it on TV, terrible. You can't it's headache, headache inducing. You can't hear the announcers. It's like I, I literally was trying to watch Mr. State game like last weekend. You can't watch more than two seconds of it. But the Gamecocks went there, and you knew if nothing else, or at least you felt like that game, that game and that season, the tone was set when Jasper Brinkley just laid the fuck out of the Mississippi State quarterback early. Like head-to-head, 1,000% a penalty in today's football. No question, helmet-to-helmet, but Jasper Brinkley, the hard-hitting middle linebacker at a Georgia Military College, laid the hit, great middle linebacker for South Carolina, and that really set the tone. And, of course, he pitched a shutout, uh, you know, a defensive ball game, which, again, it was crazy because Steve Spurrier, this, you know, everybody was thinking the cock and fire, the, the, the fun and gun, whatever. Steve Spurrier evolved as a head coach, man. Like you could even see it like in his early tenure, like South kind of won football games with running game and defense. And certainly in the 06 season, I mean, they didn't have the playmakers they'd eventually get in, you know, 2011, 12, 13, but they did have some guys on the outside, but you kind of saw that early in that game in 06, you beat Mississippi State 15 to nothing. The, the I mean, the game, the, the play that, that, that really defined that game was the trick play, which we posted every year in our countdown. It's like 45 days or whatever. We post a touchdown that the yardage coincides with the days to kick off. It was Blake Mitchell to Savelle Newton to Corey Boyd. Long, long touchdown. And the moment in that game that stands out, and I know Corey's going to hate me for saying this. I had Corey on my show. Corey Boyd, one of the all-time great. Shout out to Corey. Um, he scores the touchdown, gets on the sideline, <laughs> looks in the camera, and says, I'm back. I'm back like Cook Crack. And that, that was like, that's a legendary moment for us. Not a, not his brightest moment, but a legendary moment for fans. And that sort of, you know, that sort of set the tone for the year. You know what I mean? You're, you start out in SEC play. You're on a Thursday night, which Spurrier loved. Dude, loved Thursday. He loved, he loved the Thursday kickoffs. Loved them. When we had Thursday after Thursday after Thursday, his entire tenure. And so, Thursday night, under the lights. Thursday night, under the lights, the primetime game. Everybody's watching you. Great for recruiting, right? You put your program out there. The uniforms are incredible. I think those are probably the best uniforms South Carolina's ever worn when he was there those first two years. The white helmets, the traditional three stripes, the garnet or black jerseys, the block C on the side, the big numbers, the big Carolina, and the pants, the white pants with the three stripes to match the helmet. I wish we'd go back to those. Shane Beamer, those are, please. Those are, those please. are sexy, sexy. Fire. Ones. They're traditional. They're fire. Either way, though, you beat Mississippi State 15 nothing. And, I mean, that just set the tone, at least for that season. At least we thought. We thought, right? And so after that, my grandfather is the one that made me a huge Gamecock fan, right? He made me a huge Gamecock fan. And so I look at my grandpa's like, we got to go to games. We got to go to games. I mean, I'm 15 at the time. I'm like, we got to go to some games. We got to go to some games. And so we bought a three-game package at that time to Georgia, Wofford, and FAU, the next three. We bought games to all three of the next three. And we're all coming into Georgia. Georgia's 12th in the country. We're unranked, but it's like South Carolina, Georgia, rivalry, big game. 05 game was close. It was 17 to 15 at their place. Like, who'd have thunk? They were ninth in the country, but Spurrier against Georgia, right? He hates Georgia. Great, great tradition there with, with Spurrier and Georgia. And you blank Mississippi State week one, you get blanked week two, 18 nothing. 
And that was actually, guys, if you remember, that was the birth of Matthew Stafford. That was the birth of Matthew Stafford. And uh, as I sit here and puff on my cigar for that, this is bad for podcasting, but great for great for podcasting too. <laughs> great um, for our podcast. Yes. Yeah. As we sit on, as we smoke the cigar, eighteen nothing, you lose, dude. I'll never forget being. Be, I, I'll never forget this. Here's a fun story behind this game. So I forget actually this. We actually bought I, – I was mistaken. We didn't buy the three-game package. We bought the two games, the Wofford and Florida Atlanta. We went and bought those tickets for cheap. But my grandfather was like, hey, let's just go to Columbia and let's try to find tickets to Georgia. Let's scalp, right? This is, this is, this is 2006, right? I mean, the internet's, the internet's there, but, like, it's not – I don't know, whatever. We, we didn't buy tickets online. So we're scalping. And – we're sitting out there tailgating. We've got our Bojangles, which is obviously Columbia Bojangles. If you're tailgating <laughs> Columbia, you probably have Bojangles. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a 15-year-old. My grandpa gives me 150 bucks, 100, no, $180, $180 cash. He's like, go find us two tickets. So <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a 15-year-old walking around the stadium trying to find tickets. And I see this old-timer Carolina fan with a group of whoever. And this old-timer's like, I got two tickets. I'm like, I have $180, bro. I, like, I, I want to go in this game so bad, I'll give you 180 bucks. He's like, or I had 150, 150. He said, you come back here with 180 in five minutes, the tickets are yours. And we're, bro, we're like half a mile away from where he's tailgating. So, bro, when I tell you I sprinted, I ran a 4-4 back where, my grandpa, <laughs> where our tailgate was. And I'm like, hey, we can get the tickets, but I need 30 more dollars, 30 more dollars. He gave me the 30. I sprinted back literally as I get there. There's another dude there trying to buy the tickets. And I get there. I'm like, sir, sir. I'm like, sir, I got the money. I got the money. I got the money. And the guy looked at me and he looked at the guy who's wanting to buy the tickets. And the guy was offering 200. And he looked at me and he looked at the guy and he said, he said, I told this young man if he came back with, with the, the extra $30, I'd give him the tickets. And you know what? He came back. I'm going to give him the tickets. So we ended up buying. Oh, little, little, awesome. little, little, little did we know we were buying tickets to a game. We'd get, we'd, we'd get shut the fuck out. So anyway. That's not what the point. Is. That's not what the point. So you know, it it was great though, man. Like South kind of wore the black jerseys and uh, packed house at Willie B. And there were some questionable calls in that one. Blake Mitchell, Blake Mitchell fumbles going into the end zone. South kind of recovers it, but you cannot recover a fumble going forward, I guess, or something. You can't recover a fumble going forward, and so it ended up being Georgia ball. And again, the the, the birth of Matthew Stafford, he did nothing offensively. So. What was more interesting, though, was the following week. The following week, you had Wofford. And there are many Gamecock fans that will recall this game. Many Gamecock fans. Because you look at the score, boys. I know you got the score pulled up. 27 to 20. And people are like, what the fuck happened? Like, (laughs) you think about, like, the season got off to some great start. You won 15-0. But you've now scored 15 against Mississippi State. Zero against Georgia. Now you win by seven against Wofford. And so you're thinking to yourself, oh boy, maybe we're in for a long year. But, <laughs> but, but, maybe, but on aggregate, you're, you're still ahead. Right, right. You're still two and one. <laughs> but here's the thing. But here's the thing in that Wofford game. Here's the thing in that Wofford game. You, which Gamecock games will tell you, you never want to play an option team. Fuck an option team. Never want to play an option team. And, Bro, I mean, I, we, hate, back, I hate Georgia Tech. <laughs> bro, back and forth, back and forth game. 
very competitive game, bro. Like, shout out to Wofford. They 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 were a very good football team that year. And dude, it was dude, it was twenty-seven to twenty. Wofford down at Carolina's like ten yard line, and we're in that end zone. They're at like our ten with like three minutes. We're like, bro, we're about to go to overtime with fucking Wofford. Mm-hmm. Like, and sure enough, Wofford runs a triple option, pitches it, fumble. Co- I'll never forget Cody Wells picks it up. Uh, white linebacker, maybe the last, which hey, whatever, last, uh, last, uh, Caucasian great defensive player for South Carolina. I don't know. <laughs> Either way, uh, him and the Lindsey twins. I, it doesn't matter, but it's just like that funny that stands out. But uh, Cody Wells, great player for us. He picks it up, runs it back to like the forty, gets tackled. We knee it out. We win twenty-seven twenty. But I mean, you're thinking yourself out of three weeks again. But I was so, I was fifteen years old. So I wasn't thinking in the moment. I'm like, hey, we're just two and one. Who gives a shit? We won. We won. Um, you know, for what's crazy. So the fourth week though, that's when you started to kind of see the potential and, and also, also, God, how can I forget? Also going into the Wofford game, Blake Mitchell, our starting quarterback, actually that was going to Florida Atlantic. I'm sorry. We played Wofford going into the FAU game, September the 23rd, Blake Mitchell was suspended. Who was our quarterback at the time? He was suspended for punching a bouncer in the face in five points. Five points, yep. <laughs> at, a, at a very popular bar, once popular, now shut down, Pavlov's, which if anyone's listening I've who's been a to, I've been to fan, Pavlov's. Bro, if anybody who's listening who's a Gamecocks fan knows Pavlov's, legendary bar, freshman bar, I mean, total dive, piece of shit, hole in the wall, but like a Columbia staple, right? Pavlov's. And I've had Blake Mitchell's former teammates on the show, like Andy Boyd, Mike Davis, other guys, and I mean, Andy Boyd's like, bro, I was with Blake. I'd like carry him out of there. Like he decked the fucking bounce, like just decked him. Um, but Blake Mitchell gets suspended, and Savell Newton. Savell Newton. Say, let's say, let's go back to that. Who do who do you put more blame on there? The the quarterback for doing it, or the bouncer for like getting in the? Fa- I mean, I don't know what what happened there, but like for like getting in the face or getting a brouhaha with the starting quarterback of the team, like in a dive. Well, come on, man. <laughs> well, I'll say this. I've never had Blake on the show. So, and I've never even conversated with a guy. So like, I hate to say anything where like he wouldn't want to come on, but I'll just say what I've heard. I mean, I've heard Blake was kind of a guy that, and I mean, it happens to a lot of guys, right? Like, you're the starting quarterback of South Carolina. Like you're the hot shit. You're that guy. Like you know what I mean. He's got like the Bama bangs. He got the you know that when that when that was a thing. Right? Him and him and uh, what was the guy? John Parker Wilson at Bama. When they got like a flip, the Justin Bieber flip going on. Like you kind of you kind of have that like douchey kind of vibe going on. And like so, I you know Blake was a guy that if if credit Blake was a guy that if around a lesser man would feel you know. We're all alphas, right? He'd he feel kind of, oh, fuck this guy. He thinks he's the shit. He's the, he's the starting quarterback. Fuck him. I definitely blame the bouncer. I'm never going to blame our guy. Blame the bouncer. Fuck you, bro. You're a bouncer at Pavlov. This is our starting quarterback. Yeah. Fuck you. Um, I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. I just heard he punched him in the face. I, I don't know, bro. Either way. He gets mm. suspended. He gets suspended. That was like the hot talk. And another side note here. That season – but what's so funny about that, bro, like, you guys know, like, when you go to games, there's always those guys out in the stadium, like, just selling these random T-shirts. They're just, like, holding up, like, random T-shirts. And at this point, the song Party Like a Rockstar was, like, that shit, right? That was, that was the song. And there were shirts. There were shirts all over. 
that said, party like a cock star. All, I'll just never forget that. They were all <laughs> over, bro. Party like a cock star. Hell, and at I'll 15, for- that's the funniest thing you've ever seen. Bro, yeah. And I'll, bro, I'll never forget backtracking. I'll never forget backtracking to the Georgia game. Like, one of my memories of Georgia was I saw a guy walking on the street, a Gamecock fan, with a rope tied around his waist. And he's walking. And the rope at the end, there's a bulldog doll. And he's walking. It's like 10 feet behind him. It's like dragging the ground. And then I remember seeing, got to be a group of like 100 students. And they're all walking to the stadium like, fuck you, Georgia. Fuck you. I mean, like, so loud. Bro. Like, so, I'm like, I'm like, yo, this is so sick. Like, yeah, yeah, let's go. Like, yeah, again, you're 15, right? Like, you're like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. But you go into that FAU game, Blake suspended. Savelle Newton gets a started quarterback. And no more for his legs than his arm. And I've had Savelle on my show. Great dude. Awesome dude. Hell of a player. And, uh. Sidney Rice was our feature guy on the outside at this point. And, man, Sidney, five touchdown catches in one game, bro. I mean, Sidney was a monster, dude. Like, Sidney Sydney only played the 05 and the 06 season. I'm telling you, if Sidney plays a third season, he's the greatest receiver in school history. Better than Alshon. He's better than Alshon. I mean, it, when I did a top five receivers all time at Carolina over the summer, this summer, and I have Alshon number one. Sydney number two, and I made the point, if Sydney plays a third year, he's the number one guy. Like, dude, he, he's probably the most unguardable receiver to ever play at South Carolina. He, I mean, he was just that good, dude. Like, like the, he was the true definition of a three-step drop, throw it up, Sydney's going to catch it. I mean, Alshon was very similar. Alshon was very similar, but catches five in that game. I was, I was at that game, like I said. What's cool about that game, guys, what's cool about that game, little side note, is – and probably nobody other than Gamecock fans was Gamecock fans would know, but um, well, let me take a swig of this whiskey real quick. Please do. Eric Norwood's first career sack came in that Florida Atlantic game, and he's the all-time leader in sacks. So I was at wow. two games. I was at I was at two specific games that are cool for Eric, and I've had Eric on my show. Dude, he is so cool. He is like so shoot you straight. He don't give a Eric. Eric will say Eric literally told me talking about Georgia he was like yeah Georgia recruited me he was like you know Mike Bobo was there who was the OC last year the OC last yeah. year at Carolina yeah. he was like dude Bobo was there and he's like he's like you know Georgia didn't recruit me that high he was like I ain't gonna lie man when I play against Georgia I was like fuck these guys fuck Bobo he's like I'm gonna fucking stick it up their ass like he literally said that on our show I'm like Eric preach dude preach but <laughs> so I was at the Florida Atlantic game when he got his first career sack and I was at the Ole Miss game in 09 when he got the, the record-breaking sack, which is really, really cool. But, That's awesome. I mean, you beat the shit out of them. That was cool. And so you kind of felt like, okay, shit's starting to come together. And, uh, you know, you beat the hell out of a Sunbelt opponent, whatever. And Do what, do what you're supposed to do. You, yeah, right, right. And then you got the second-ranked Auburn Tigers coming to town, which is a, another Thursday. Another Thursday night. Right? <laughs> so Savelle's back at QB, which I, I don't know if I, I forget. I don't even know if Blake played in the game. I forget uh, was whether his, he was got the suspension up. He well, was, no, he, he it, was all, it was one game. It was it was one game. Okay. You know how college it was. You know how yeah, college yeah. suspensions go. Like you know, it's just like every other school now. Like I don't know if you see that. I'll tell you, I, I, which this it's, is a side it's, note. it's a Florida Atlantic game, so we'll suspend you for appearances. But well, and, I, and I'll, tell, I'll tell you this: I'll tell you this. I don't know if we see it 
I feel like guys used to get suspended a lot more. I think I think now that social media is so big and guys have to be like so on eggshells that players are so much a, more aware now. Because like, I mean, dude, Carolina hadn't had a guy getting off-field trouble in years. Like, bro, it used to be like a yearly thing. We had, I mean, not like a lot. I mean, dude, Georgia used to have like nice. 10 players. Be careful, you Every, everyone, here. No, everyone no, yeah, not Georgia. Bro, Georgia, I mean, Spurrier made the joke of, you know, we love playing Georgia early in the year because they only have like three or four key players suspended. Yeah. <laughs> bro, Spurrier, bro, Spurrier did not give a fuck when it came to that. Bro, he, he literally said that. And so, but like, it's weird, right? Like, I feel like, I feel like, I don't know. I, 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 maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful. But like, it used to be like a normal thing where it's like, okay, guys, some guys are knuckleheads and get suspended. But I don't think Blake, no, since Blake was only suspended for one game, I think Savelle just played so well in the FAU game. And 06 is when you kind of really saw Spurrier evolve as a head coach in the sense of, you know, you saw the successes of Connor Shaw and the and the the, the mobile quarterback, and that, that wasn't Spurrier, right? Spurrier was drop back five steps, read a defense, four verts, or, you know, here's the thing. I, I've talked to former quarterbacks that played under Spurrier, and Perry Orth's a great one, man. Like, Perry Orth, which Perry Orth wasn't the greatest South Carolina quarterback ever, but and the way that he explained it to me was great in the sense of if Spurrier knew what your safeties were doing, you were done. And there were certain D coordinators that Spurrier knew how to just play them, like play them like a fiddle, bro. He, he just knew what to do with these D coordinators, dog. Like, again, he could just – he could stand on that sideline and look at that secondary and look at that defense. And that's why you saw in 06, we would check a lot. One of the things Blake Mitchell would do, he would get under center – he would get in her center, and guys have told me this. He'd get in her center, and he'd look over. Spurrier would say – they'd look up. Spurrier would say that, and he'd go – he'd do, like, this little horns thing. And that's, like, that's like the signal. That's, like, the signal to change up the route. And every time, Sydney, you're going to hit him. Every time, dude. And so – but Spurrier evolved. And so you saw Spurrier get to the more mobile – He, I think he understood the value of having a quarterback that could get outside the pocket, that could use his, his athletic ability – and Savelle Newton gave you that. And so Auburn, second, you know, second ranked team in the country, Savelle did that. And, you know, fans will look at that Auburn game, and Jared Cook is the name that stands out. He's had a hell of an NFL career. He's still in the league. Bro. Yes, yes. Yeah. Still in the st- bro, he's still doing it. I mean, he's been in the league for over 10 years, right? I mean, he's he's a six foot, he's a six foot six tight end that runs a four three or four four, right? Which hold on. Let's can we get can we get a light the cigar break or like a like a light yes, the uh light yeah, the stogie? Light it up. Yeah. Yeah. Light, so light we got so we so we're so we're in the stew. We're for the college football stories podcast listeners and for the people <laughs> that are gonna listen to this to tune into my show. We're having studio stogies. Not only are we talking the 06 season, not only are we blessed to be on with the college football stories guys, we're also celebrating a few things. Uh five hundred thousand all time downloads of the Spurs Up show, shameless plug. Hell yeah. Surpassing surpassing hey. twenty thousand Instagram followers, shameless plug. Hell yeah. Fifteen thousand Facebook likes, shameless plug, and uh, yeah. brand new mic, shameless plug, and hell yeah, yeah, whatever, everything else. It's so bourbon, shameless yeah. plug. All right, sorry about that. Anyway, okay. So, what's interesting about the? I, I wasn't at the Auburn. I remember watching with my grandfather though. And so, like my grandfather again, like, I, I bring that up. 
my grandfather was like my best friend growing up. He's the entire reason I'm a Gamecock fan. I wear his ring on my necklace. We we watched probably I probably watched every game, every South Carolina game in the garage with my grandfather. We watched the game watched the games in the garage. I probably watched every game in the garage with him from two thousand and two thousand three. Definitely 04. We'll say 04. 04 all the way to 08, and then I went to college. I mean, we, we watched a lot. I mean, we saw some great victories, man. Going back to the – I mean, I know we're not talking the 05 season, but, like, one of my favorite memories watching the game in the garage was the South Carolina-Tennessee game. South Carolina won 16-15. to 15. Josh Brown kicks the game winner with, like, two and a half minutes left. We cut the TV off because I was like, I'm so nervous. Like, I can't watch it. Let's just listen to the radio call. And Josh Brown's field goal goes over by – you know, the, the length of this cigar, which has been smoked down very much. So, I mean, probably a couple <laughs> inches, you know what I mean? Um, but so we watched every, so we watched that game there, but my grandfather's going crazy. And uh, he used to, he used to, he always had crossed the fingers and come on cops, fight them and fight. That's what he always said. Come on cops, fight them and fight. So we fought, we fought. And uh, Jared Cook caught a touchdown in the post which I think tied the football game, tied it, whatever the score was, got us in the game, tied it, whatever. I think it tied it. Smell Newton with a beauty to go on the post route. And uh, Auburn scores, they were really – that was Cadillac and and, uh, and uh, Ronnie Brown. And, I mean, yeah. you know, I think Jason Brown was the quarterback. Really good teams. I mean, that Auburn was nasty then, dude. And yeah. we come back down, bro. We're about to score again. I mean, we're, we're at the 15, we're at the 20. We run the same play. We ran the same play. the post again Jared right between the eight and the four just drops it drops it I mean he's wide open. he's wide dude nobody's within 10 yards of me drops it and Gamecock fans when you mention the name Jared Cook of all the good he did they still remember that one play if you I'm, I guarantee you pull any Gamecock fan what is the first thing you think of when you think of the name Jared Cook that's what they'll say and oh, it's unfortunate because he was a great player miles. yeah yeah that's he's brutal. a great player that's the one He's got thing like a of. like a decade plus in the league. And dude, he was incredible at South Carolina. I mean, I, I, let's see, let's see his stats here. His stats that year. Uh, let's see, Jared Cook. Where is he at? Well, he had six catches, but had a really good year. 07, he had a huge year too. 07, I think he had an even bigger year in 07. But he he was a really great player, really great player for South Carolina. Um, hmm. but to anyways. What I'll never forget about that Auburn game, too, is, you know, South Carolina fans, we 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 went seven and five that first year or seven and six, I believe, whatever the, the record was. And at this point, the expectations for kind of football had not been raised. So there have been a couple of decent, you know, good seasons. 84 Black Magic, Joe Morrison, what he did, 69 ACC title, but. South Carolina football had never seen great success. And so South Carolina played Auburn, excuse me, to a a touchdown game, number two in the country. And when the players were coming off the field, the fans applauded. They applauded. And I'll never forget, this this is the moment, I think, that changed, that you knew he was changing the culture at Carolina. He went in his post game presser and said, he said, well, I won't do like old spring impression, but <laughs> please, please do. <laughs> he, just, he just said, well, you know, our fans, I mean, 
They're going to they're gonna clap for us after we uh, lost by a touchdown. He said, we don't expect to lose. We expect to win. Don't clap for us when we lose. I don't care who we're playing. We expect to win every game. And that was like, you know, we're, we're, you're taken aback. Like, because Spurrier was a winner. Spurrier, Spurrier expected to win. And I think he wanted his players to think that way, which is great. You know, the expectation should be to win, to win, no matter who the opponent, no matter the ranking. So Spurrier made it very clear very quickly that, hey, we're, fuck this losing. We're, we're, not, we're not about losing. We're, we're trying to win. So that was a kind of a shell shot to Carolina fans. Like, oh, we're like, we're not, we're not happy with going six and six anymore. So, but you lose that game. South Carolina does look good in that loss. Auburn's the second ranked team in the country. Um, you know, the following week at Kentucky, that was the Savelle Newton to Corey Boyd. Excuse me. Yeah, the Savelle to the pitch to Corey Boyd to the toss to Kenny McKinley who Kenny McKinley played quarterback in high school, to the downfield pass to Fell Newton, who played wide receiver in the end zone touchdown. And, you know, Spurrier owned Kentucky. Owned them. I mean, he owned them. And that was another crawl in that side of Kentucky. You know what I mean? Like, that, that was just another another jab to them. And uh, South Carolina won 24-17 and, and got the dub. It was a very hard-fought game. And what was funny about that play, too, is right before that play, I forget the – I can think – I can see their faces now. I forget their names. But the announcers were like, yeah, I think Spurrier's going to be conservative and just run the ball at the middle. It was like third and six. Oh, he's going to run the ball at the middle. You know, it's a 17-17 to 17 game or whatever the whatever it was. And we run a trick play and score a touchdown. Like, well, so much for the conservative play call. <laughs> so, you get the dub. But what was more crazy is in the postgame – when Spurrier is on the podium and a reporter asked him, Coach, what were you thinking with the uh, this this coverage, this uh, cover whatever the hell you were running or whatever, and they scored a touchdown? And I don't know if Ron Cooper was like – who was the secondary coach? I don't know if he's like walking by or if he called him from the back. But he's like, well, I, you know, you know the coverage? Get Ron up here. Ron, Ron, Ron. Come here, Ron. Come here, Ron. Tell him what coach you're running. When the fuck would a head coach ever do that? <laughs> Only Spurrier can do that, bro. Only Spurrier could, could, could like, call the, 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 the DB coach and, you know, basically make him explain. It's like Spurrier's just admitting, like, well, I don't call defense. Come here. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> tell him. Tell him. Tell him. I don't know. Tell him. Like, you just – you're Ron Cooper. And, I mean, Ron Cooper, God bless him. He did, he did all he could. But in that moment, Ron Cooper in his mind knows, you got to you gotta call your wife at the game and be like, honey, start looking for new schools because I'm going to get fired. <laughs> you just have to think that. You know what I mean? You have to think that. Mm-hmm. You have to think that. So, But you That's won the brutal. game. Yeah, you won the games. I mean, what at this point you're two, three, you're four and you're four and two. I mean, it's a good start. Four and two. You're four and two. Um you you beat Vandy at their place. I don't honestly, I don't remember a ton about that game. I don't know. I oh six at Vandy. 
05 was a really close game. Sidney Rice caught the game winner with like three minutes left, which insane that it would ever take that. South Carolina's beat Vandy like 13 years in a row. So, I, 06, I don't remember a lot about 06. I don't know. I why I don't know why that one slips my mind, but you beat them 31 to 13. And then it was, dude, it was weird the next couple of weeks. You lost three straight, and it was three straight games that you could have won all three of them, bro. Like, I mean, and it was, like, weird how you lost. Tennessee, you have literally a play in the end zone where there was a – it was Eric Ainge. Bro. This is, like, the last time Tennessee was worth a flying fuck, like, at all. They were eighth in the country. I mean, thinking about Tennessee ranking eighth in the country now is, like, ins- insane. <laughs> um, there was literally a play, though, where – and I'll never forget Mike West caught a touchdown, which – that's another, that's another trivia question. Who the fuck is Mike West? Yeah. Uh, but you Eric Ainge, I remember. I remember that name, but I don't he remember. Was, he, was, he was number 23. Number 23. Mike West. Oh, that him. Mike West? Yes. <laughs> Mike who? Yeah. <laughs> Mike who? Yeah, West. Now, there was a play in that game, and I, I'm almost – I don't – I don't think game day was there. Was game day that no game day was uh Tennessee? Yeah, I think they were. I think game day was there, which isn't that crazy, dude. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they were. I'm almost positive game day was there, bro. That's 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 I mean, like, that is the Spurrier effect. It's like yeah, yep. the unranked Gamecocks team against an eighth ranked Tennessee team, and college game day came to game day was there. They were there, it's nuts, bro. Just nuts. But so you, you, but there was a play in that game where Eric Ames throws one in the end zone aimlessly. It tips off two Gamecocks and they catch it for a touchdown. And you're just like, <laughs> whatever. It's like what you know. Just I mean, it's not. That's, our yeah, that's you can't. What, what, that's one of the yeah. You, you you put your hands up. There's nothing you can do. It wasn't yeah. meant to. It's nothing, nothing you can do there. You nothing you can do. So you lose thirty-one twenty-four. Um. Boys, I'm, can I pull the biggest party foul of all time for the podcast? Can I take yeah. a piss for the podcast? Absolutely. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. yeah, no, that happens. We're good. We are on a drinking podcast, and I've drank yeah. like over half of this fifth of whiskey. Yeah, yeah, it, no, you're good. We, yeah, we, we wouldn't be doing. Yeah, we wouldn't uh, be doing our jobs if we weren't getting you drunk enough to where you needed to be. All right. So what you two can do is talk about what I've talked about. Give me thirty seconds, and we'll we will we will continue after this because I'm very excited for this. But I'm Sounds about to good. piss my uh, piss myself. So <laughs> yeah. that's the Spurrier effect. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. I mean, but it's like I'm just thinking of like now. Like, I feel like I don't know. Like, if they're not like at like a some crazy meak or stupid ass FCS game, yeah, it's always ranked on rank. So like, yeah. Right, but it was but it was like the it was like the Spurrier that he beat Fulmer the year before, like yeah. trying to stick it back to Tennessee. But yeah, I mean, dude, you were but you were five. I mean, dude, you were five and three at that point. Like you were you were a game away from a bowl game. Um, and but you, I mean, the week before you're five and two. Like, bro, we're right there. I mean, I, I can't you know I don't know exactly what the SEC East standings were, but you're right there. I mean, you had to be right there. Right, mm-hmm. you lost one or two. Well, you lost two conference games, but I mean, you still felt like five and two. You're on pace for a great year. Then you lose three straight. 
Bro, this is back too when, like, bro, Arkansas, bro, Arkansas used to give Carolina hella fucking problems. God, I mean, dude, I talked to old Arkansas, Arkansas was the shit back then. Dude, I talked to old McFadden, players. That was McFadden, or was he gone by then, or did, was he still there? I think 06, he was still there, bro. McFadden was like our, our nightmare, dude. Like, I'll never, I'll never forget the fucking 07 game. I think it was 07. When they ran McFadden in the Wildcat, oh, my God. Bro, I think he ran for like 700 yards. <laughs> bro, he, he ran, bro, he ran until we got tired. But the Arkansas game, what stands out with that one, man, was um, Sidney Rice's touchdown catch, bro, which crossed the body, corner of the end zone. And the thing people forget about that touchdown catch, Sidney comes down with it one foot. The Arkansas defense is back on the play. Bro, snaps the fuck out of his ankle. Like, just come – like, his ankle went that way. Like, I mean, it just – like, he just – like Tyrone Prothrow style. You remember that that yeah. thing? Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, comes, yeah, yeah. But, like – Great catch though, and so that was a game. So, so that was the reemergence of Blake Mitchell. Um, Blake Mitchell comes back. I think the second half or late in the early, early or mid second quarter, or whatever. And so Blake Mitchell comes back and has a great half or whatever, you know, two and a half quarters, and uh, plays really well. And you know, Carolina was down like twenty six to seven, came back, lost twenty six to twenty. No moral victories with Spurrier, but, you know, whatever. So, now you're five and four. You're like, I mean, Arkansas was 12th in the country. You're like, fuck. Then, and again, this is something that, uh, something old, old, old Joe wouldn't know about with Clemson's schedule. You played eight, 12, and six, all three in a row. I mean, your schedule was a gauntlet, bro. And I'll tell you this. The, 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 November 11th, 2006, the Florida game on the road. <sighs> They're six in the country. Chris Lee with his stupid fucking throwing motion over the top like this, like how he fucking casts it like that. <laughs> he beat Florida. Everybody did the chop the year before. I'll tell you this. That game, that was the – that's probably still to this day. That's probably still to this day the greatest – game I've seen from a South Carolina team in which they lost. South Carolina played a beautiful game. I mean, played a wonderful football game. And um, they lost the game because a, a drug dealer was not suspended, and he blocked the kick. Let's call it what it is. A, dr- a, a <laughs> drug guy, Jarvis Moss, should have been suspended. <laughs> should have been suspended. Was not. Six foot, 7,000 feet. Jumps up. <laughs> Gets his big old paw on that thing and blocks the kick. And Ryan Suckup, who's still doing it, hey, just kicked the game winner for the Bucs. Yeah. Pretty good, right? Ryan Suckup's got a freaking, like, 52-yarder to win the thing. And Jarvis Moss tips it, blocks it. And what's crazy about that, too, the, the play before that, or a couple plays before, South Carolina runs a play, hits Sidney Rice down like the 15. It's a gimme. It's a chip shot at that point. They get called for a false start. After, after the play, false start. Then they, kick, they go to kick a, like a 47-yarder, delay of game. 
Oof. Then they go kick a fifty-two, gets blocked. I mean, bro, I mean, that was that was the that was the last time that I've cried over a South Carolina football game. I was fifteen. I mean, I was fifteen years old, but I, I cried after the game. Like I that that was that was that's probably still like the most painful loss of all time. It's one of those things where you know hindsight's twenty twenty, but we you know Urban Meyer's the head coach. You should have should have known that he he wasn't gonna hold his players accountable, these drug dealers accountable, and suspend them. Yeah, I mean... Urban's not about that. I mean, Urban Meyer just heard the Southern Cal job opened up. I wouldn't be surprised if he faked a heart attack. Oh yeah, he's gonna he's gonna step down yeah. for health reasons, and uh, he's gonna he's gonna pop up. I'd, I'd be I'd be okay with it. I don't want it to ruin Trevor. So. I mean, listen, yeah. Some some men, some men in this world, in this life, are honest, respectable human beings. Some are in the middle, and then some are like Will Muschamp. Some are Urban Meyer. <laughs> some are like Will Muschamp and Urban Meyer. And they're con artists, and they're at the right place at the right time. And credit them, they take advantage, and they have great agents. And they cash in when the opportunity hits. And goddamn, if Urban Meyer ain't one of them. I mean, God, he, he just, hey, he knows when the heat. Urban Meyer and Will Muschamp, they must be the greatest poker players of all time because they know when the fuck to fold. Mm-hmm. They know when to fold, bro. And here's the thing they're probably the greatest golfers of all time, too, because every, and actually, I know for a fact Will Muschamp sucks at golf. I've been on a golf course with Will Muschamp. Terrible. If you look up the definition of a football player playing golf, it's Will Muschamp. Terrible. Will Muschamp's favorite slogan when he hits a golf ball is, God damn it. That's, that's him every shot. God damn it every time. But every bet on a golf course is one on the first tee. Every single one of them. Every bet is one on the first tee. Right? So those guys – they know how to finesse their way in a good situations, I think. And Meyer and Muschamp, they're that way. But either way, that has nothing to do, I guess, with this game. But painful, <laughs> painful, painful, painful loss. No other way to put it. So all of a sudden, you've lost three in a row. You're five and five, right? You're, you're back to Gamecocks. Gamecock lore, right? You're back at 500, which is where the Gamecocks live. Live and die at 500. Thankfully, after what two, two, four, six straight SEC games, you have a bit of a breather <clears throat> against Mississippi State, and you get the dub. You stomp them. I mean, the, I actually went to that game. I went with a buddy of mine in high school, and that was a fun one, man. Like, you know, we knew we were going to win. Corey Boyd's improbable. If you go, dude, you can go to YouTube right now. Look up Corey Boyd, Miss, uh, Middle Tennessee State. And his catch, his screen, his run after the catch is one of the best runs you'll ever see to this day. I'll put it up against any run or many of the runs you'll ever see. Broken tackle, spin move, look like NCAA football. Like just like they look like playing when you play NCAA football on on, on like bar, on a varsity, and you're just like juking everybody. That's what it was like. Like had some crazy run. Bobby Wallace with an 88 yard touchdown run. Uh, I think Cade Thompson got in the game, which that's another trivia question. Cade Thompson, the fuck is Cade Thompson, right? Um, you won 52 to 7. You played everybody. You had some confidence. And then we're going to talk about Joe's favorite game, which is the Clemson game. 06, Clemson. Spurrier had never beat, obviously, had never beat Clemson. He only been there two years. They lost in 05. Heartbreaking, heartbreaking 13 to 9 loss. Heartbreaking. 
Charlie Whitehurst, last game. Charlie Whitehurst. Clipboard Jesus. That was my touchdown Jesus, dude. I love Jesus, but touchdown Jesus can suck these, as Nick Saban would say. Yeah. Um. Bro, that 06 game, that 06 game, the 05 game, the heartbreaker, heartbreaker. I mean, James Davis, just a heart, and Willie B, dude, like a heartbreak game. Just a total heartbreaker. The 06 game, though, Clemson's ranked. Will Proctor. Will, Will Proctor. He's the starting quarterback. Reggie Merriweather, shout out to North Augusta. Got to talk with Reggie over the summer, which, great player. He was a great player for the Tigers. He was the running back, and uh, what a dude! I mean, Joe again, Joe. You can speak to great it. Game. what a game. Yeah. It was, what great like, game. from the college football perspective? That was a hell of a game. Great game. That was a hell of a game. Back and forth all the way, but Clemson, Clemson, bro, Clemson's up twenty-eight to fourteen. You're yeah. thinking, oh God, we're done. No chance, you know, whatever. Oh God, I was a, I was a fresh I was a freshman in college. At Clemson or no? No, no, I didn't go to Clemson. But, okay. Yeah. Well, watch literally every game. Yeah. Most of them on like ESPN Plus. So. There you go. Yeah, this is like. I mean, bro, this is like. I mean, that, that's that's why fans went to so many games, bro. Because like we went to Florida Atlantic, it was like, well, do you want to watch it on pay per view when yeah. pay per view was still a thing, or go? Yep. And so it was like, nah, we're gonna go. But this game obviously televised um, in Death Valley. Clemson's up big, twenty-eight to fourteen, bro. I've had Nathan Pepper on my show. I don't know if you remember Nathan Pepper, Joe, but he had the he had the the pick at the mm-hmm. end of the first half, I believe it was, and he gets stripped at like the five, and Clemson gets the ball back, and you're like, oh my god, bro, like it's one of those days. It's one of those days. Like, oh, we're 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 so fucked. You know, we're we're fucked. Um but Carolina kept fighting, kept fighting. Mike Davis, bro, which by the way, rest in peace, Gaines Adams, who was in that game. Rest in peace, yeah. Gaines Adams. Yeah, the man. Great that was player. Tough. Tough. Yeah. Incredible Bam- Bamberg, player. Rest Bamberg, in- South Carolina. Played for uh former Gamecocks quarterback and a legend, Steve Tannehill, and eight man football. Rest in peace, Gaines. But uh, I'll never forget Mike Davis trucking Gaines Adams, and uh, Corey Boyd went off. Back, you know, just a just a crazy comeback game. Um, I mean, that was a dude. That was a crazy game, dude. That, that just Carolina Clemson's just different, man. It's it's it's. I would argue now. Now that I'm doing what I do and I can see things objectively and I and I and I want South Carolina to win the SEC so badly because you know the Gamecocks have beaten Clemson before, right? It's it's winning the SEC I think should be the priority for Carolina because they've never done it before. You've beaten Clemson before. Even in the Clem- for for the normal fan and I also like just a spoiler guys, I don't have Clemson friends, believe it or not. I don't know if that's a shocker to anyone. I don't Co- coincidentally or, or on purpose. Well, kind of both. <laughs> I'm a I'm a pretty rational Clemson fan at the yeah. same time. Um, yeah. So, eh, a little bit on purpose. I mean, but it's also coincidentally. I mean, you, you can't you can't 
cover the Gamecocks for a living and, and have many Clemson brethren that are your best buddies or anything like that, especially in Columbia, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, man, you want to come to my, my watch party that's going to be for the Gamecocks game? It's like, uh, no. So, no, I mean, uh, we're, playing, we're playing Notre Dame. Yeah. Man, we're, man we're, we got a big game against Georgia Tech this weekend. We're favored by 30 points. Yeah, <laughs> fuck, hey. fuck, yeah fuck you, Roger. <laughs> no, I was gonna. I was gonna ask if I was invited to the uh, Clemson tailgate this year. But hey, you're more. Hey, you're more. Guess not. You're more, Joe. You're more than welcome. No, no, no. You're serious. You're more. You're more than welcome. No, you're more. Hey, listen. listen I'm but like. Do I have like best friends that are Clemson fans? No, not not necessarily. But uh, by now, na- hey, it's natural selection, right? It's just it's just natural selection, right? <laughs> but uh, that Clemson game, that 06 season. Uh, you know, just what an incredible, I mean, that, that was, that was truly, you know, we were, um, you know, we, we were Mike just talking like from the college football perspective, that was an incredible game, dude. Like it was 28 to 14 Clemson. They, they jumped out. Jacoby Ford was on that football team. They jumped yeah. out on top of you. I think Jacoby had a touchdown and Clemson had hella speed and uh, Proctor who played, who played, uh, no, that was the guy after the play baseball, but no Proctor was a, you know, decent no, player. That was Kyle Park. That was Kyle, Kyle Parker. Parker. Yeah, play for the Rockies. Yeah. Play for the Rockies. But uh, no, I mean, it, they jumped all over you. And Clemson had Clemson always had speed, bro. Clemson Clemson was very smart to recruit Florida. They got track stars and got speed very quickly. Gamecock fans are like, man, or they're like, what should we nickname Kevin Harris and Marshawn Lloyd? Thunder and Lightning. And I'm like, whoa, stop. stop, stop, stop. Let's let's, let's not do that. CJ and Jacoby. I was like, let's not do that. But uh. No, that game, man. Again, Carolina storms all the way back, and and Mike Davis with his with his jump in the end zone. I've had Mike on the show, and you know, he talks about how he jumps in the end zone. And the running, dude, the running game is what really did it for Carolina and in that game, and and uh, came all the way back. And uh, I mean, one, one of the again, one of the most memorable like side note moments. You know, it's just a footnote. But again, I've had Tommy Beecher on the show, and <clears throat> Blake Mitchell gets gets hit. You know, Blake Mitchell gets hit out for a play. Tommy Beecher has to come in at quarterback. I mean, this is just so spurrier, right? Beecher comes in for a play. You're a backup quarterback. So you're thinking, okay, it's first and 10. It's a run. I mean, it's, you know, no, fuck that. Then the shotgun, you know, four wide, got a back in the backfield. Spurrier calls a fucking screen to a receiver, to McKinney McKinley. So Beecher steps back. He looks so nervous. He told me, he's like, Rob was so nervous. Throws it to Kenny. Kenny catches it. Bro, nowhere to go. It's just like the most busted play ever. But Kenny McKinley being the athlete he was, he circles like around the defense. Beecher throws a block, but he circles around the defense. Ends up getting like 20 yards somehow. Keeps the drive alive. I think that was the drive that tied the game. And the most one of the most underrated parts of that game was, was Ryan Suckup. Who hit a game winner or hit the hit the eventual game winner? It was like six minutes left, and Ryan Sugger like a fifty yarder, dude, like like crushed a fifty yarder to take the thirty one to twenty eight lead. And Clemson's going down the field with like, I mean, dude, as time is going out, if and Joe will tell you, if Clemson hands the ball to Reggie Merriweather, they win the game. If they just if they just hand the ball to Reggie Merriweather, their running back, they win the game. Instead. They have a third and, I don't know, six, third and four. They try to run some stupid – this is Tommy Bowden coaching. They try to run some crazy, stupid wide receiver screen. 
and Proctor drops back. I mean, it's a full-on blitz. Nobody's there. You watch the clip. Proctor just pump fakes, spins. He knows he's down. Savelle, which is ironic, Savelle Newton, who was playing quarterback, got converted to defense. <laughs> Gets the sack on Will Proctor to make it a longer field goal. But you're still thinking, okay, you know, it's like a 42-yarder. College, you know, you know, it's not, I mean, a college kicker can hit that. What's funny too about that is <clears throat> I think it was before maybe it was before that season, maybe before 05. But again, this is like early stages of the internet, right? Like at least like social media wasn't a thing. It was all message boards. It was all Google images, whatever. You know, this is when like E-bombs world was a thing, right? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we were, we were going, we were, when the, when the video of, uh, would you like an apple pie with that? Would you like an apple pie with that? Yeah. Like that video was like viral on E-bombs world. And the, the picture that went viral was Jad Dean sporting the new jerseys for Clemson. And he was wearing like an eggshell necklace. And he was like the most pasty, pale-looking dude you've ever seen, bro. Spiked hair, like, I mean, the most kickerish-looking kicker of all kickers. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I'm not trying to hate him. I mean, yeah, I, I ain't trying to actually hate him, my guy. He looked terrible. Yeah, he looked terrible. Um, anyways, I mean, that's nothing to do with the kick. But long story short, Jad Dean lines up. Wide left, and wide left. you know, and wide left, and 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 Todd Ellis with the call, you know, and that was like with ten seconds left. Gamecocks have won, and Todd Ellis, the the play by play for the Gamecocks and former Gamecocks quarterback, <clears throat> with the call of the century says, "Death Valley is silent." Just he goes, "Death Valley is silent." You could hear a fucking pin drop in Death Valley. Couldn't hear anything. Just quiet, except a bunch of about fifteen thousand crazy Gamecock fans going nuts. And the picture <laughs> from the pic the picture from that game, which brought back great times for Gamecock fans. So if you go like the history of this rivalry, because I know that uh, I know that that Mike might not be quite as familiar with the rivalry as we are, but Steve Tannehill, if you go back to the nineties, he beat Clemson in '94 at their place. Because like Carolina Clemson rivalry used to go back and forth between like. The road team was winning for a lot of the years, which was very strange. Wow. But in 94, and Steve Tannehill was like mullet, like your guy right here, truly. <laughs> had the, he had like the true mullet. He went He went to center field where Cle, the Clemson Paul was. He threw a touchdown. And he stood on it, and he did like the – he looked up. And they called it – he signed the Tiger Paul. Like, like put his autograph on the Tiger Paul. Like, looked up. There's a picture of him looking up like this, like on the Paul, like like what T.O. did on the star. You know what I mean? Like uh, totally yeah, yeah. disrespectful. This, I mean, totally <laughs> fuck you, bro. And so very, game, very disrespectful to me. Very disrespectful. And so after the game, there's an image you can still find it on Google right now. It's not it's not at the Tiger Paul, but Blake Mitchell after the game, there's a picture of him both arms raised with a helmet in one hand, and he has like the mouthpiece in, and he's like raising both arms like in victory. Again, he's not on the pole, but like it just like it looked very like very reminiscent of that picture, and that was bro. That was, I mean, that was a huge moment, dude, for that program. That was a huge moment for this program, man. Like just like you know, it. it, it uh, yeah, it made. It oh made God, feel- that guy does look like a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> 
imagine him in like imagine him like, oh, in like he's like, worse in than like, I pictured. Hey, imagine him in like a, imagine him like a polo and like some like Sperry's and shorts. Oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm back. I, I switch. I'm on the bouncer side. I'm on the bouncer side. Oh, come on, <laughs> me too. Me too. I'm yeah, on the look at that guy. I mean, he looks like a frat guy, other than he's like six foot four and like uh-huh. built like a football player. But no, I, I mean, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I get. I, I oh get God. It. Um, I, so actually, see, I don't. I almost. I almost don't want Blake Mitchell on my show. I want the bouncer that p- punched him on my show. <laughs> like, bro, what? Talk me through the night because the bouncer was so. The bouncer had to be sober. Yeah. He had to know exactly what happened. Yeah. Right. He must have. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So that. that that picture happened, and the, but anyway, the game happened, and um, that I mean that was a huge win, man. Just because I mean, obviously, be, beating Clemson is is huge for Gamecock fans, and Clemson for the most part has, you know, I mean, as much as I hate to say it, it pains me to say that Clemson has dominated the rivalry. I mean, you look at the overall record; they they've won a lot more than they've lost. Um, they've won probably they've won I think thirty more games than Carolina has won in the rivalry. But that was a big one, man. That was just big because again. You know, spur your second year, you get the dub for Clemson. You felt like the tides were sort of changing a bit. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, and- so you guys, you, you've kind of touched on it. But one question, actually, kind of for both of you is, what's like the the nature of the rivalry? Is it like hatred, or is it a little more friendly, or you know? I'll like, let I'll let Joe I'll let Joe start, and I'll go. I think from the Clemson side more friendly than from the Carolina side as as our uh, our good friend Dabo said I mean the rivalry is not going to get to 500 in in our lifetime or in our kids lifetime but it's more friendly from the Clemson side for sure at least from my perspective it's so funny Joe would say that because I can I be honest (laughs) with you boys and and I don't know I don't know how many I'm not I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to no 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 Joe I I don't know how many how many folks would uh I guess this this will be shocking news to some, but uh, my grandfather, who I reference all the time, he went to Clemson. Oh shit! Really? He's a and my, but my and my grandfather is the reason I'm a Gamecock fan. So my grandfather yeah. went to Clemson, graduate of '69 and or '65, I believe. Graduate of '69, nice. No, he's a great. <laughs> why, why, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know took why. The words out, took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> I, I don't know why sixty nine. <laughs> um, no, he, he's like a graduate of sixty five or something. But uh, you know, he 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 didn't grow up a Clemson fan. He, he was from Asheville, North Carolina. Just went there, whatever. But he was a Clemson fan. You know, obviously by going there up until nineteen eighty eight or so. And once they fired Danny Ford because of quote unquote scandals or whatever. He converted. He was so pissed. He, my, my grandfather worked in construction, and he was so pissed because, you know, back in these days, guys were, like, smoking, you know, they were chewing red mail on the sidelines and smoking tobacco and and uh, whatever. And they fired Danny Ford. And my, my grandfather put it to me this way. He's like, can you imagine if Steve Spurrier won a national title and they fired him? And my grandfather, like I said, was working construction. He said he was on the campus. They he heard all the nasty things they said about Danny Ford, and he just said, I, I don't want to be associated with people that would treat their coach that way. So in 1989, my grandfather converted to Carolina. 
So he's the reason I am a – I mean, I'd be a Clemson fan if not for that because of my grandfather. You know what I mean? So um, – Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm a fan, but he what he would tell me though is back in those days, he's like he told me that you were trained to hate Carolina, hate Carolina. He said you wore a rat cap back in those days, a rat cap. Which he told me what it was. I, I'm not going to give a great. I, I don't. I'd like to explain it, but I don't want to be wrong. But basically, what it was is. You wore a cap, and if Clemson didn't beat Carolina, you you like had to shave your head, I guess, and keep wearing this cap or something. Like there was a punishment for losing to Carolina. Like beating Carolina was a very very big deal to Clemson. And what he made the point was that Clemson, Clemson hated losing to Carolina more than they liked beating them. Almost, you know what I mean? So. I mean, listen, both sides hate each other. I know, I know Joe's going to be very nice about it and that. But Clemson fans, from what I've Clemson fans hate South Carolina. They hate them. And, again, I, I, know, I know I'm on here with Joe. There is a, if we're going to all be honest, South, the University of South Carolina was established before Clemson was. And Bill Tillman, Bill, Ben Tillman came around and – was a good old boy farmer and said, fuck University of South Carolina, I'm going to establish my own college. And I think there's been like this, this grudge, I don't want to say little brother thing, but there's been this like grudge syndrome thing against Carolina ever since. But it has been like a fighting upward thing. And Clemson stuck with that. Even, even in dominating South Carolina, the way the Clemson fans act is this this fighting upward attack. It's it's not this fighting equal or fighting above you. It's this fighting upward attack. Now, on the flip side, Carolina fans also hate Clemson, for sure. I mean, there's there's no question. I mean, the, the two mm-hmm. fan bases loathe each other. They loathe each other. And I think Carolina fan, the, the Carolina fan base feels above Clemson in a way. Which is, I mean, again, the, you look at the rivalry history and the record, it would not lead you to believe they should, but they do. They do. Like, we are the state university. We are the I'm University of South Carolina. You're Clemson. Mm-hmm. Nobody even knows where the fuck Clemson is. <laughs> We're USC. You are Hillbilly Hell College. I mean, that's how Carolina fans look at it. Taters. Mm-hmm. The taters. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not... And I mean, and and Joe, I mean, you know, Clemson fans look at Gamecocks as coots. Coots, I mean, coots, I, and, and, this coots is, and, and this is, and see, and, and again, Joe, again, what the beauty of you, both uh, Joe and Mike know is like, I'm not, I'm not blowing smoke over your ass. I'm giving you the honest take of like, from what I pick up from the Gamecocks fan base is like, Gamecock fans, whether right, wrong, or different, they look at Clemson as like lesser, lesser, like Clemson fans are scum of the earth, which. In some cases, I'm, I don't disagree. No offense, Joe. I don't disagree. N- neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree. And I, I, I think even in – but you see it now. Even in Clemson's success, even in their national titles, they're obviously worlds above South Carolina as a football program. But 
Clemson fans constantly come on our content just randomly talking shit. And it's like, why do they do that? Because there's a little brother syndrome that haunts Clemson. It's like, why are we not the University of Clemson? Why are we not Why are we not the state school? Mm-hmm. And I think Dabo tried to, in some strange, stupid way. <laughs> I mean, Dab- Dabo's a, put a fucking red nose on Dabo, dude. Whatever. I, it's another conversation in the podcast. But anyway. Um, <laughs> well, so, uh, no, there, there's, there, there, no, there's hatred. It's true hatred. It's, it's really, it's really true hatred. I mean, again, I, I told you, man, you know, it, it comes naturally doing what I do. Gamecocks, uh, a Gamecocks business, if you will. I don't have Clemson friends. I don't want to have Clemson friends. I have nothing in, I have nothing in common with Clemson friends. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to hang with them. I don't want to eat with them. I don't want to breathe with them. I don't want to associate with them. I don't want to uh, shake hands with them. But I will shake Joe's hand. But for the majority, for the 99.9%, I want to do them. Nothing to do with them. You know, right? Like, that's the funny thing, right? It's like, we have so many problems in this world, right? With, 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 with racism and hate and vax and anti-vax and you're this and you're that. And... We go on social media and go in the world and and we 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 cast this, you're you're anti this, you're anti that, you're bigot this, you're homo that. But in college football, if you hate your rival, you're normal. You're normal. Hey, I'm homo a Clemson fan, and that's normal. <laughs> right? I mean, really though, really though. I'm pro-choice yeah. to who I allow at my tailgate, right? Nobody's gonna cancel me for that. Yeah, it's true. I yeah, like I said, I grew up in Missouri. Yeah, I, mean, you're, I, still, you're, I you're, still hate Kansas fans. Right, right. I mean, it's 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 very it's very interesting, right? Like, and I I don't, I don't believe in like I'm a very positive human being day to day, and I, I I love I love all people, even Clemson fans. I love all people, right? I, I do, but like, do I have Clemson friends in my day to day? No, no, I do not, because. I mean, obviously, we 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 don't associate on the same things on the same level. You know what I mean? Like we just don't. So, um, no, it's it's. I mean, I'll speak to the fan base. It, it's pure hatred. It, it really is. I mean, it's it's truly one of those rivalries, man. Where to this day, and and I tell you what, I'll speak for Clemson fans. I'll speak for Clemson fans and Carolina. Both fan bases would rather go one and eleven and beat their rival than go twelve and eleven and one and lose. A thousand yeah, percent. For sure. Both would. Which for is sure. wrong. Which is wrong. And mm-hmm. I tell Gamecock fans all the time it's wrong. But that's the there there are many, many that feel that way. Many. Yeah. It's there's many that feel that way. And speak and, and I and I under I, I do empathize with those fans. Because there's many that they deal with those people, <laughs> those people on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Hey, there's when you're in this state, there's many that deal with one side of the family is garnet and one side is orange. Yep. And so that that rivalry tears people apart. Like, bro, there, 
there are families that go weeks without speaking because of that rivalry. Yep. I mean, it's it's you hear stories about Auburn, Alabama, and Ohio State, Michigan, and those are great rivalries. And, the, and those rivalries are they're fantastic. I mean, Drew, I, I'd probably say the best rivalry in college football. I, if I'm taking my bias out of it, it's probably Auburn, Alabama, just because of the in conference implications. So, so yeah, I mean, but that's how you know it's it's splitting hairs, right? I mean, every every fan base is going to argue we have the best rivalry, but. I mean, Carolina Clemson, when you're talking about just pure hatred, I mean, it, it really, I mean, it, it's, you can, you can dance around it all you want, but Carolina and Clemson fans, I mean, they hate each other. I mean, it, it is, it is on both sides, Carolina and Clemson fans would not piss on a fire for the other. I mean, really, truly. So, I, and I think, and I think, I think Steve Spurrier, see, and again, that's what, that's what, that's what Gamecock fans had to really get used to and, and understand and, and try to adjust to with C. Spurrier was he didn't care about, you know, at least it felt early. Like it's not that he didn't care about the rivalry. He didn't put it on a pedestal like Gamecock fans did or like Clemson fans did. Because, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess Joe could say like, and I guess diff- it's different now because Clemson just expects to win that game by 20, 28 every, every year. But, like, there, there was a time where, for both schools, that that game was put on a, pib- uh, a pedestal every year. I mean, hey, again, you can go 0-10, 0-11, but if you beat your rival, years of success. I remember. And Steve, I remember, and Steve Spurrier, and- his first thing he did when he came into Carolina – there were beat Clemson signs all over the facility. You know what he did? He ripped them all down. He said, our goal is not to beat Clemson. Our goal is to win the conference. And Carolina fans were like, whoa. Because before that, the goal was, hey, let's just let's go win four or five games and then beat Clemson. That was the goal. And he changed the expectation. He said, hey, if you're good enough to win the SEC, you're going to beat Clemson. And sure enough, it worked. So maybe, maybe, hey, maybe ask Joe to relive the 06 game. No, 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 no. we don't need to. Do that. Yeah, ask Joe to relive it. Yeah. Well, or, well, or the 06 season for that matter. No, yeah, that, we'll, that sucks. We got Joe, Joe's perspective <laughs> on that. Uh, it, it sucked. <laughs> so, my, my, my audience, when we do shows and anything else, is, we have, is gonna, is gonna hate me. No, no, when we, no, when we, when we do, when we do, uh, lives or any type of content. Cheers, we yeah. Hey, cheers, boys. Cheer. Hey, look. I mean, that's how much the bottles. That's I, this is all tonight. So, shit. All right. Well, we, we, uh, mine, when we when we do when we do live shows and like the podcast, any type of content and like audio or video or anything messes up, my audience says it's the must champ hackers. <laughs> now, see, I'm I'm not, I'm not kidding. Hey, what well, I didn't come up with that. My audience did. That's awesome. They're, they're like they're like Chris. The Muschamp hackers are coming into the chat. Yep. So blame blame the Muschamp hackers. That's it took crazy. a little bit. It took a little bit longer for him to find us, but the, but they got us eventually. Yeah. So, but uh, no, where were we? Yeah. No, the Clemson game. Anyway, South Carolina wins thirty-one twenty-eight. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Of course, we were there. We were there. 
I'm sure that's sure that's why Joe lost all his hair as that game. Oh, God. <laughs> like, hey, like, I t- like I told you, like I told you, hey, bald guys are for the win right now. Hey, bald guys are in right now, my guy. Girl, yeah. the the girls love the ball, dudes. Um, no, nah, I mean Carolina got that dove though, man. Seven and five. I mean, dude, again, we're talking about seven and four the first season, seven, and so which is interesting. In the 06 season, you went to twelve games instead of eleven. So you were seven and five the second season, which you know, I mean, a seven, dude, a seven win season for Carolina at this point was really good. You know, I mean, it was. I mean, I would tell you this right now. Like, a six or seven-win season for Beamer this year would be really good. So, Especially, yeah, for, for first year head coach, for sure. Right, right. And, I mean, first or se- – yeah, first year, second year, back-to-back seven-win seasons. Well, you're making progress. Um, mm-hmm. Especially for a program under Holtz that 0 won five games, 0 won five games. 04 won six games, but got in a fight at the end of the season. I mean, yeah, you're making progress. Um, you get the invite to the Liberty Bowl, right, against the Houston Cougars, which can anyone tell me who Houston's head coach was? No, I cannot. Other than Mr. Art Bryles. Oh, oh. 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 <laughs> that's stand-up citizen. Art Bryles was the head coach of Houston. Yes. And Houston's quarterback at the time, Houston's quarterback, which I'm not going to act like I don't I, – I'm forgetting the name. Like he played in the NFL for a very long time. Uh, his name, Kevin Cobb. Oh. oh. The, the great white hope. Yes, Kevin Cobb was a starting quarterback. So Houston was good. The, Houston, the birds. Houston was very good that year. And, uh, again, another back-and-forth game. Blake Mitchell's your quarterback in that game. Um, Blake Mitchell, I think he set the record for the Liberty Bowl passing yards. Kenny McKinley, rest in peace. Kenny McKinley. I don't know if you guys know a lot about Kenny McKinley, but rest in peace came out. Uh, Took his own life in 2011 or 2010, I think, or 2000, whatever year it was. But rest in peace, Ken McKinley. Um, had an, had two touchdowns in the game. Sidney Rice had a touchdown. It, it was a, I mean, again, a, again for college football fans, again, a 44 to 36 game. Very entertaining, great game. Um, and again, like like I told you guys in the pre-show, it was to the point. Second season of Spurrier. And again, maybe maybe I was too naive and I was just a young Carolina fan, but to me, that that win, I mean that 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 win was so big. That win was so big. Like it, it was just your 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 off season's always better. Win, you know what I mean? It's it's always better. It's always better. Uh, you know, like when South Carolina again as. Uh, knows when you lose to Houston you're up 28 nothing and you lose your offseason sucks right <laughs> your offseason sucks but when you win the bowl game it changes the whole perception of the it's preseason. like we we're talking about with the with the recruiting it's like oh our young guys like you know they're good you know they, they had the win just, under their belt it cha- you know <laughs> it, ch- it changes it all dog so like yeah um 
man, like, what a crazy game, man. Like, just, just not a ton of defense. Um, I mean, again, Houston was very good. I, you know, Blake Mitchell played out of his mind. That douchebag that he was. No, I'm just kidding. I, I love Blake. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I know maybe he looks like – I mean, again, I, I don't want to – Getting Blake on my show sometime in the future, or whatever. I mean, he does look bad. I don't know. <laughs> the, 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 the Bama Banks. If he ever wants to come on your show, then he has to be in a mindset where he can laugh at himself back then. Right. I, I would hope <laughs> because because my first my first question to Blake Mitchell is, "Girl, what's up with your face mask?" You, yeah. <laughs> and that's probably that's probably that's got to be your next Google search right now. Yeah, Blake Blake Mitchell's face mask was insane, bro. It was like an offensive lineman's face mask. You, you, trust me, you will laugh, bro. Jesus Christ! Look how look at how big the cage is. Yeah, what's the deal with that? Where are we, anyways? Uh, no, yeah. So that that Houston game, man, big great win again. R.I.P. Kenny McKinley, huge win. Um, like I told you guys, man, that that that, that next preseason going into 07, I remember going to a Gamecock club event with my grandfather, and we went, and the 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 uh, the Liberty Bowl trophy was on the table, and it was like a like a big bell or whatever, and like I don't know that that just at that moment again, <clears throat> Gamecock. I mean, you got to think, you got to think how South Carolina football won their first bowl game in 1995, so they have won they have won a bowl game in 95. 2000 or or technically 01, 02. That was the fourth all time bowl win. But like I remember going in the 07 preseason to a uh, like a Gamecock event, like seeing that trophy, and it was like that was such a huge deal. You know what I mean? Like that was huge. But mm-hmm. that 06 season, man, like it's uh, honestly looking back on it. It was a great, I mean, it was a great year. And it was more a testament, to be honest, of, because I think you saw 07 and 08 that South kind of had a ways to go because 07, you went six and six. You went six and one your first seven and then lost five straight. And in 08, dude, 08 is like the most forgettable season of all time. I mean, like, if you ask game guys what happened in 08, it's like, I don't even remember. Like, they just kind of a whatever there. You know, you, you won six or seven, but lost. You got crushed by Iowa in a bowl game. Um, that, but that 06 season gave you real hope that, like, change was coming. Um, that was the that was the prerequisite to what was going to come in, in, in 9, 10, 11, and the rest of the way is history. So, um, Nah, six six was you know six was really cool because I think six showed Spurrier could take maybe lesser talent and develop it and 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 create something special with it. I think he did that. I really think he did that. And I, again, I, you know, I, again, I, I don't want to say that like going eight and five is special, but like with that group of guys he had and beating Clemson and the what they did and, and being bro again, let's not forget like again they were. They were a point. They were. They were. They were a block kick away from being Florida. They were some crazy plays away from being Arkansas. I mean, that that was that was close to being a, a ten win team. So that was a really cool year for South Carolina. Before before we let you go, we gotta we gotta ask about the Spurrier. You think you're cool with the visor, Spurrier? 
Spurrier. That video. Come <laughs> on, the guy painted all white. Yeah. Oh yeah. Where's he at now? Pro- probably some fucking law firm or investment bank. Dude. <laughs> he bought, he, he's either he's, he's either he's, wear, he's wearing he's wearing a button down every day doing. No, something. he's either he's either like on Wall Street doing coke every day, like making <laughs> thousand, hundred thousand, and he's forgot that's happened. Or he's some like fat slum somewhere in an office, like <laughs> yeah. like every time it's kind of jewelry, like showing his buddies that video. Yeah. I'm like, that's me. That's hey, me. Hey, hey, boys, hey, boys, this, this is me in college. <laughs> this is me in college, man. It's me in college. I'm such a fucking badass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or he's, or he's, or he's dead. No offense. Might be dead. Yeah, yeah. You're, I think, I think you nailed it though. Those are the three options. I mean, he's, he's got to be one of the three. Thank you. (laughs) There you have it. That is the story. And these are the college football stories. Was it 100% accurate? Yeah, that sounds right. Follow us on Twitter at the CFB stories. Also, see all of our inebriated storytelling podcasts as part of the Stories Podcast Network at the Stories Pods on Twitter, as our guests rewrite the past across various sports. Alcoholic drinks are consumed voluntarily by our guests at their own discretion. Please drink responsibly. I, I appreciate y'all for the opportunity, man. It's, it's cool to be able to go on a show and just like have some drinks and hang out and uh, listen to the College Football Stories podcast. Seriously, a, a fantastic show. I know my a lot of my listeners that tune in will that they are tuning out. They they will really enjoy um, hearing perspective from other fan bases. I would love for y'all to get more SEC shows here. Yes, um, and and I can help y'all with SEC guys. But, I love uh, it. Yeah. But uh, everyone yeah. that's tuned in, be sure all my people go follow the College Football Stories podcast. Great people. I appreciate you having me on. It's it's awesome to like I said. It, it's I told you guys. It's it's awesome to kick the feet up. I mean, my, my feet are literally kicked up. <laughs> Smoke a cigar, drink whiskey, talk football. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I might start recording my show like this from now on. Like. <laughs> We're the Spurs up to the PK, like this, you know what? Ah, it's it's the way to do it. You know, so these guys are legit. They're awesome. I appreciate y'all, man. This is incredible. I'd ask you this: What's worse? You can be one of three fan bases. <laughs> all right, because we're gonna leave like Bama out. Being a Bama fan is just way too easy. It's boring. You can be one of three fan bases. You're either Carolina, who you're historically mediocre and you're trying to get to the next level. You can be Georgia, who. You know, you've won a title before, but, like, you have no excuse to not be elite and win a championship, and you just – you keep getting to the end and just blowing it. Or you're a program like Tennessee or Florida State, who – what Nebraska, who you were at yeah. the pinnacle, and you were great, and now you're terrible. Like, bro, I can't even fathom being an FSU fan right now. No, no. Even when they bro, were what? good for those, like, three years. I mean, it was just – 
Bro, what do you what do you say this week if you're like if I did what I do for Florida State? I like I don't even know what I do. <laughs> Bro, we just lost to Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State. <laughs> I, I mean, Some guy proposed to his girlfriend after like what the did fuck? Did you see that? Yeah, that was fucking crazy. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. It is truly like, bro, like, oh my, like the greats are just rolling in their grave, bro. Like seeing some shit like that. You know Amazing. what I mean? Like, woo, it's like, wow. So. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.